Okay, we are learning Daftas. We're starting from the bottom of Chesim and Beis. The Gemara is trying to figure out how we can how how we know what the size of Revius is. Again, Revius is important for the cups of of of, of the Dalit Kosa. So the Gemara says, Bottom Chesim and Beis, Marvachanin Luga Daraisa. If you don't know what Daraisa Lug, a Lug is four Reviusim. If you want to know what the size of a Lug is, Tumnisa Atiko, you get the old Tumnusa measured. Marisa Vitipori, they used to measure out in Tipori the fish fat. So you get that old measure, that volume with old Tumnisa, you would know how much a Lug is. So if you would pour and then pour pour its uh, volume, put pour wine in and pour it into four different cups, and each cup would now be one Rabias. Amar Rabbiana says, I remember this Kli. And the people in Rabbiana's house used to measure out honey with it. I remember it well. Says the Gemara, another way to figure out Rabias. Tanin says in a Braisa, Chetzi Shminis, Tivranis, Hayushana. It's the Tivrinis half Shminis, the old one, meaning the old half Shminis measure that they used to have in Tveria held exactly Rabias. Says the Gemara, we still have this. It's the same that we use today. The Tana called it the old one in Tveria. And Rabbi Yochanan saying, this is the one that we have today. The half Shminis that we use today is exactly the same size. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan had it in his time. So why would the Tana refer to it as the old Tverian half Shminis? If it was still around even in Rabbi Yochanan's times. So the Gemara answer is, is Some people say it was originally smaller and then it got bigger. Some people say that, that even after it got bigger, it got smaller, but not, not to the same size it had been originally. So the point is that, 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 that at the time when it got bigger, that's when the Tana is talking. So he can't refer to it as, uh, as the regular half Shminas because it actually would be more than Revias. So he referred to it as the old, the old, the, the old half Shminas, which is, would be the size of Revias. But in Rabbi Yochanan's times, it got reduced again. So since in Rabbi Yochanan's times, it got reduced again. So therefore, he was just able to say that it was exactly for them. They still have the half Shminas. That would be exactly the size of Revias. Continues the Gemara Kamu Kosher Shokos. What is the exact dimensions to figure out a Revias? That's fine, well, that's fine. Two finger breasts by two finger breasts. With the height of one and a half finger breasts and a third of another finger breast. So it sounds like it's two by two by one and five sixth finger breasts. That's the size to figure out the dimensions of what fits a Revias. Okay, now we go back to what we said, how much wine you're, you need to carry to be high when you're carrying out on Shabbos. So we mentioned before that uh, it was a quarter of a revias of undiluted wine or a revias of diluted wine. So now the Gemara talks about if it congealed, tana yavihesh, if it dried out, congealed wine, kazayas, you're high, you carry out, carry out the size of a kazayas. Divi Rabbi Nason, this is Rabbi Nason's opinion. So we're saying that it's the same thing, a kazayas of congealed wine is the same amount of a revias of fluid wine. So if we know it's chashev in the fluid sense when it's revias, so then when it's dried, it should be congealed, it should be chashev, it's vikazayas. Says the This ruling of Reb Nelson goes like Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon says that the shear for every liquid, including wine, is a full revias. We mentioned before the Tanakhama from there who was saying that that if you carry it on diluted wine, you're chayav even if you only carry out enough to mix the cup, a quarter of a revias. But Reb Shimon says that no matter what, you're only chayav if you carry out a total amount of a revias. So now, now things make sense. Kama to Reb Shimon on revias, just as Reb Shimon said, the minimum shear for wine and everything else is revias. So to Reb Nelson saying the minimum shear for liquid wine is revias, the amount that when congealed would make a kazais. So meaning according to the Tanakhama, he would hold that a person is chayav for carrying out even just a quarter of a kazayas, of a, 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 of a congealed wine. In other words, it all just depends. First, you have to decide how much wine is significant. If you say that a quart, that, that is a full, only a full revias 
of wine that is significant, and so then, yeah, only because the eyes of congealed wine would be significant. But the Tana that we were learning earlier, that we studied yesterday, that says that even just a quarter of a revius of undiluted wine is significant. So then according to that Tana, you're not going to have to need so much of a size to be chayv if it's congealed. You're not going to need a kazayas. Even just a quarter of a kazayas, you would be chayv. So this Tana, Reb Nasson must be holding like Reb Shimon, that in order to be chayv for, for wine, you need a full revius. And that's why he's saying you need a kazayas, the size of a kazayas in the congealed form. Okay, continues the Gemara. Reb Simon Simon said in the name of Shimon Levi. My so there was once a story we paid this Rebbe Shemesa. It was a mule in Rebbe's house that died. The mule died. They said that the blood was not Tommy of Nevela. So the Torah says that the meat of a Nevela is Matami. The meat passes on Tumma. So the question is, how do we look at blood? Is blood considered to be like meat or is it not considered to be like meat? So they said that it was not considered to be a problem. Until what amount of blood would they say it's tar? Are they saying that any amount of blood is tar? Or are they saying it was only not a problem? That's not only not metamic because there wasn't enough blood to be like a kazais. Below Ashkabeir, Simon didn't pay any attention, he didn't respond. And obviously, there could be two shots on why the blood was tar. Either blood is not like meat, so it doesn't have the tumma bachlau, or it is like meat, but there wasn't enough size to pass on the tumma. So he didn't respond. The Shoah and Ladies, Rabbi asked the Shoah to Rabbi and Ladies himself. Rabbi Lady said, I reviewed Tar. They only said it'd be Tar, but it's up to Reviews. It wasn't Reviews Tar. If it would be more than Reviews, it would be Tame. So no, it's really fundamentally blood. Blood is like is like meat. But the problem is, I mean, the reason they were lenient is because meat is only Tame when it contains the size of a Kazayas. And um, so with the blood, we say the same thing. That only as the Shear of Reviews uh, could have passed on the Tama. But if it would have the size of Reviews, it would be Tame. Oh, oh, and when this happened, the Gemara says, "With the Eishur, Rabbi Lazar, to lo chazer, Rabbi Simon Shmuzay." And it was Rabbi Lazar was upset that Rabbi Simon, who he originally asked, didn't respond to him when he asked him the question. Right? Where it seems it seems stranger, Rabbi Simon did just to completely ignore it, and he had to ask Rabbi Shulam and Levi. So the Gemara explains, Rabbi was sitting and he was saying over the whole story. He was saying the whole story. The mule died in Rabbi's household. They said the blood was tar, and he didn't clarify. Over here, Rabbi, how much they had ruled for it to be tar? Was it even a large amount or only a small amount? So Rabbi Yisrael Rabbisno Vahanos, Rabbi Yisrael Rabbisno said to him, he asked him this, the question, did they say only up to Revius was tar more than his Tame, or did they say even if it's more than Revius, it's still tar? So he didn't answer the question. Rabbi got upset. He was somehow upset. He wasn't, he wasn't nice to him. Instead of answering the question, he was just upset. So Amalie Rabbi Yisrael said, Ki, Begin just because he asked you a question, telling you you're upset. Like, what? Well, what's the problem? What's your What's your issue? So I'm later. Bibi said, "Begin to love Because my mind wasn't there. I was I was occupied. My mind was occupied with something else. That's why I didn't treat him respectfully. said, "In the curses it says, the Torah says your life is going to hang in balance. What does that mean? First, to someone who buys wheat." Uh, for the entire year. So he doesn't own his own land to grow his own things. So he has to buy a wheat supply of grain every single year. So his, hang, his life is in balance because he's always worried he might not have enough money to make a new purchase in the year to come. So he doesn't have the, the serenity, the peace of mind uh, to, live, to, to live like a metro. He'll be nervous to talk, but the positive continues in the Torah every night and day. He's talking about someone who buys grain from the merchant even in smaller amounts. So he's, he's really dependent. He really doesn't have what to rely on. You're not going to be sure of your own life. Someone is forced to buy from the baker every single day. So he does it every single day. He goes through anxiety of whether he's going to eat. He says, I rely on a baker for my bread. So I don't have the peace of mind to focus on the question. And that's why I got upset. 
So now the Gemara wants to know what's the mice in the answer. Uma kedon, what's the halacha? So we see in the Mishnah, Hey, Reb Shua ben Sora, Adam nevelo shiutar. Reb Shua ben Sora testified about blood and nevelo tzar. So the Mishnah is mashma. No matter what the size would be, even if it would be more than revius, it would still be tar, no matter how big it is. So meaning, it's not the issue of the size. The issue is more fundamental that blood is not treated like meat. So even more, even more than 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 than, than revius wouldn't be a problem. So the Gemara says that's not approved. My tar. What does the mission mean when it says it's tar? Tar malahashir. It means it can't. The blood isn't something that can make the the food susceptible to tumma. Besides for, besides for this question of whether blood is is treated like meat of an avila, there's another question. Is it considered a mashke? Is it considered one of the liquids that can make foods be be susceptible to tumma? So there are certain types of blood that could, but the dam of an avila from a slain animal is not considered to be. Um, it's not considered to be one of those liquids, and therefore it cannot pass on tumma. But anachanami, if it's from a dead nevela, it would pass on the tumma of the nevela, which just means it's not going to render the food susceptible to tumma. Avalatamas mentame would in fact tame things with the tumma of nevela. Says the Mar, that's not a good, a, a truthful thing. You're saying that it's not matam. It is matame, but it's not machsher. Tamantanina, but we learned in a Mishnah, Mishnah machsher and damasheretz kibasar. The blood of sheretz is treated like it's flesh. Matame, meaning that just as the flesh is passed on tumah, so to the blood is veino machsher. It doesn't make other things susceptible to tumah. Veino nukayevsu. But the Mishnah says there's nothing else like that. There's no. It's an anomaly to have blood that's treated like flesh in his matame. But still, is not master. The only anomaly is the blood of a sheretz. So we see the blood of an avila must not transmit tuma at all because we don't have anything that transmits tuma and is not master except for the blood of the um, of the sheretz. So the Gemara answers no kishir tuma. So when it's saying over there that there's an anomaly, we have nothing else like it. We just mean in regard to the shear because the blood of a sheretz is very strange that if it transmits tumma, even when it just measures the shear of an adosha, of a lentil, just like the meat of a sharetz. A sharetz doesn't need a kazayas. A sharetz, even with just the size of a lentil, passes on tumma. And we're saying that the blood of a sharetz as well could pass on tumma with just the size of a lentil. So that's the only exception of something so small that can pass on the tumma. Whereas blood of an avela doesn't transmit tumma unless there is the size of a revius, like a kazayas. Um, but that, that, that's the point that's being discussed. So, but in regard to the basic halach of tumah, the blood of nevela does give off tumah. So we don't we, we we could go back to the previous mission which said that the blood of nevela is tar and say that it doesn't mean it doesn't have tumah nevela. It just means that it doesn't make other foods susceptible to tumah. So we've deflected the proof whether or not blood has tumah of nevela. So now the gemara tells us what's the bottom line here. It says the gemara It's actually machlokas between two amaram chadam or tame. One of them says that the blood of nevela is tame when it's at least the size of revius. The other one says that the blood is always tar. The one who says that the blood is tamay. And there's a VS. He goes like the Tana. Reb Yehuda. So we have to know this is a mission in Idiots. Reb Yehuda says that the blood of Nevela is tamay. So that's the opinion of Reb Yehuda. The one who said tar is going like the opinion of Yehuda Mansar that we mentioned above with the simple prat that is completely tar even more than a revius. Continues the Gemara. It's right that Rabbi Yudah calls the blood is tummy if there's more than Rabbi's household. And when the mule died, they said the blood was tar. And Rabbi Shubhan Levi had to go out of his way to say, we're talking about less than Rabbi's of blood. It means that we said it that way because if there would be more than Rabbi's of blood, according to Rabbi Yudah then in fact it would pass on the Tumah of Nevela. So in the end of the day, we end with a Machlokas in the Tanaim if the blood of a Nevela is Metame or not. Everyone agrees less than, than, than Revias is not Metame, but more than Revias is a dispute. Misha said we have to be very careful that the person going in to withdraw the Shkalim doesn't go in in anything where he can be suspected 
of um, of, of stealing. So the Gemara says, "Tanu Bishmal Kavu Zlo Yitzro." A person with very long hair can't take off Nei Chashat. People are gonna gonna suspect him that he had some coins inside of his hair. Tani says in a Brisa, "Gizbar No Yimav Sikim Viklikin." The treasure in the base of Mikdash would separate all the strands of his garments to show all the strands to show that he had no money in his clothing. Tani says in a Brisa, "Madam and Yimov," they would make him speak. They would have a conversation with him from outside the whole thing. Why would they make him talk? Because they want to make sure that it would be impossible for him to put coins inside of his mouth and sneak out with the coins inside of his mouth. So in order to make sure it was clear that's not what was happening, they would be talking to him the entire time. Says the Why don't they just fill his mouth with water before he goes in? That obviously will stop him from putting coins in his mouth. Why do they have to go through the whole thing and have a conversation with him? Why don't they just have him keep water in his mouth? Says the Lord, because of the bracha. He has to say a bracha before he, he withdraws the coins. It's a bracha, it's a mitzvah, so therefore he's not going to be able to recite a bracha because his mouth is full. That's why instead they chose to have a conversation with him. Says the Gemara, we find in the Torah and the Devim, the person has to always uh, make sure that, that human beings don't suspect him just the way you have to make sure that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't suspect you. Where do we see this principle? But Torah, Minayin, I mean, in the Torah, Tachsev, Vizim, Mikim, Hashem, Yisrael, you should be innocent, you should be clean in the eyes of Hashem and of, and of the Klai Yisrael, meaning you have to protect yourself from what people are going to say about you. Where do we see this in the Navi So this is the talking about the times of Yeshua. They were on the other side and they made a bidding with And the other Shvatim thought they, they were going to do Avodah and they wanted to make a civil war. But the Maisa, they sent people to investigate and they found out that it wasn't that way. It was actually supposed to uh, sign, so a sign of that they were together with Klai Yisrael. So you're supposed to always be Important that people don't mis- uh, mis- mis- misinterpret your actions. We'll find favor and good understanding in the eyes of Hashem and man. Which one is the clearest of all the Pesukim that shows this concept? That Pesuk is the clearest to make sure that you shouldn't do anything which might be interpreted the wrong way. Continues the Mishnah. Remember, Gamliel's household would enter into the in the chamber of the treasury. They would come with the shekel between their fingers. They would throw right before the person doing the withdrawal. The one doing it would intentionally put it into the box. So meaning, Rabbi Gamliel wanted a hider that their shekel was going to be withdrawn. In other words, the way it worked in the process was again, there's a whole load of shkalim in the box. That were donated previously, and then the the person, the treasurer, would take withdraw some of them, and then the ones that were not withdrawn would be the remainder of the ones that would not be used, and they would actually go for other communal communal issues. Now that doesn't mean that that no one's yotze if their if their coins weren't the ones that were withdrawn. To the contrary, the ones that are withdrawn are being are withdrawn on behalf of everybody. That's clear. But Rebbeim's children wanted like a special thing to watch to be sure that their coins were actually going to be withdrawn. So that's what they did. Um, that's what they did is that they would flip their coins right as they right as the treasurer was gonna withdraw to make sure that their con their coins would be withdrawn. Continues the mission in a term term The term wouldn't do it. They made like a great like pomp here to show that they're doing this. So they would say he would ask, Should I withdraw? And they would respond, Turm term, term slash bomb. They should yeah, yeah, withdraw, withdraw, withdraw three different times, they would say. Tarmish return of a khipa kabatos. After he did withdrew the first time, then he would cover the coins 
with leather, with leather covers. The idea is that after you withdrew the coins, then the rest of them would become shirayim, they would become leftovers. And once they were leftovers, they can't be used for future karbanos. Instead, they would go to other communal funds. So after he did the first withdrawal, he covered what remained with, with leather. And after he did the second withdrawal, later on, remember there were three withdrawals during the year, that's our parak. So after he did the second one, he would recover the remaining coins with other leather ones. Ashish like Machap, after he did the third one, he didn't cover because at that point, all of them, that's the last of the withdrawal. So at that point, he doesn't have to cover further. They're all going to be Shirayim. Why would he cover them? Because you don't want him to forget and take out from them from the funds which already had been withdrawn from their Shirayim. So in order to make sure that he's not going to do that, he covers them after withdrawing. The first withdrawal is for the people in Eretz Yisrael. Typically, they were local, so their stuff came in, came in quicker, came in first. So the first withdrawal was on behalf of the people in Eretz Yisrael. The second withdrawal was done for the people, on behalf of the people of cities who lived close to Eretz Yisrael, but not in Israel. For all the distant places, that was usually the way it was done uh, on the behalf of them on the third withdrawal. Okay, now the Gemara's, we analyze this practice of Beis Rabbi Gamliel being so careful to make sure that their shkalim, which were flipped right in front of them, that they, that they made the withdrawal from those coins. So the Gemara says, Let's say a person has two uh, piles of produce in their possession. And he separates Truma from one of the heaps onto the other. Is it possible to say that he has an exempted the other pile? Of course he has. So you take off one and exempt the other. So the same thing here with Rabbi Gamliel's household. Why are they so careful to make sure that their coins end up in the box that's withdrawn? Why not just rely that whatever money is withdrawn is going to represent them as well, just like the rest of Klyisrael is going to be okay. Whatever money is withdrawn will represent them. So what's wrong with Rabbi Gamliel? Rabbi Gamliel's family relying on that. So the Gemara says, you're right. So it satisfies them. That uh, they know for sure that it was their coins which were used. So in a Hanam, it's not an Iker Adin, like they're not going to be Yotze, or it's like a Hidr in the Halacha, the Mitzvah itself. It just means that it's a nice thing that they were satisfied to know that their coins themselves were being withdrawn. Says the Gemara, Tani, it says in a Brayser, Shomat is a couple of wheels. Let's say what happened, the leather covers were removed from the pile. So what happened? So the new coins that came in were mixed with those that were already shirayim. So what happens? Not and shirayim. They all become remainders, and they can't be used for withdrawal. So again, that's the idea. Once, once you have the pile of coins, and they were there's one withdrawal, so all the remaining coins become shirayim. They can't be used, and and and, and the new coins, if they get mixed up with them, then they can't be used either. Says the Martani, says in Abraisa, Shlishis, Yasashribakulam, the third withdrawal that was at the end of the year from the people furthest away, that was the richest of all the, of all of them. Why? Shiba is the original subtakonishov. It had all the gold. Because remember, we learned that you're allowed to be put all the silver shkalim onto gold. So it makes sense that the people from the farthest away places are sending in gold. And since they're sending in gold, so the last withdrawal will have gold. Tani says in Abraisa, Tamar's regional shame, Artsel Shim Kali Israel. The first one is done for all the people in Arts Israel. And for all of Klai, so of course, everyone's represented in it. It doesn't mean that the only people who are going to have a chilek and the karbonos from the first withdrawal are people who have already donated. It just means it's like the shame. It's like you think specifically for them. So the second withdrawal is behalf of the people right around there itself, behalf of all of Klai Israel. And the third one, the shame Babel, Mada, the shame Medina, the shame Klai Israel. It was done for all the people of, 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 of Bavel, Madai, and everyone who's far away. Says the Maratana, says in the Bible, not the First time you would take money from the first box. Then, when there's still money left in the first box, then you begin to take from the second box. When you take from the second box, when there's still money left in the second box, that's when you start to take from the third box. Now, remember, we had this back on Davav that there was a source that you should have three boxes. 
So since there's a source we had back on the Dafav that you should have three boxes, so he began using the coins from the second one before the first one was empty, and from the third one before the second box was was empty. That's the point of, of what we were doing. Okay, so he used from all the three boxes. Now what happened? Shalom Shlishis. Let's say the third box was all done. He goes back and takes in the second box. Shalom Shnia. If the second box is also totally done, he goes back to the first box. Shalom Shlashton. If all three of them were done, he goes back and takes from the Nush column that aren't Shirayim. So in other words, if, 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 if they needed more, they're going to need more, so then they're going to have to take from the new contributions that come in since the last withdrawal because all the rest of them had already become Shirayim, so they can't be used uh, for that purpose anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, Rabbi Meir, no, it's not true. If they, if 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 all the funds were were used up, uh, meaning let's and again, what does it mean? That all the funds were used up. You have to say it means like they, they just for some reason they had more carbonos than they expected, or the price of animals went went back up, or something like that. Okay, so now that we, um, so now, so now again, the first Tana Tana is saying is that you can't take from the remainder, so you're going to have to wait and take from the new shkalim that aren't remainder. So as the mayor says, no, you could take from the remainder. The mayor holds that the coins left over from the withdrawal still have the kedusha; they could be used. They could be used for the carbonus, according to Rabbi Mayor. And what is the reason? Shai Rabbi Mayor, Rabbi Mayor used to say, so there's even Mi'ila on the remaining coins. And what is the reason? Because they might eventually be needed for the carbonus. So there's a fundamental difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Mayor and the understanding of the Shirai. The Tanakama holds the Shirai Mar and Kasher for a draw of the carbonus. Once, once we've done, we're done. And you can only be time in the future from, from the new collect contributions that come in, but not from the Shirai that, not from the Shirai that, that remain. And um, and here we have Rameir disagreeing. Rameir is saying that no, it was backup. The whole point was that it was backup to Shirayim that they would use them in case they 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 would need to buy more carbonos, and therefore there's meila, and therefore they can go and take from them as well. Okay, so now the Gemara moves on uh, to talk, talk about Rapinchas Benyar. It's not directly related to what we learned before, um, but we'll see maybe how it comes in. It just seems that we've we've been mentioning them some themes about being very careful with mitzvahs, so that's how we get this famous brass of Pinchas Benyar. Sirisa is maybe Nikias, being very careful with things, bring a person to be clean from sin. Nikias, if you're clean from sin, that brings a person to be pure, which is repenting. Once you're clean of sin, then you could repent for previous things. You have purity, and then it takes away the problems that the soul had from sinning previously. Tahar, once you're born, then you can become even holy. And you could stay away from even things which are permitted. Holiness brings a person to be humble. Um, you can even have ayos uh, from holiness to humility. Humility brings a person to fear of Hashem. Fear of sin brings a person to piety. Piety brings a Rech HaKodesh. Rech HaKodesh can bring to level, can bring about And the resurrection of the dead brings Eliyahu who is Zachalatov, and really it comes that Elio is the one who tells us about Mashiach, and then, then there's going to be um, Tchias Amazim. So it's a little, it seems almost a little bit backwards, the sequence that Tchias Amazim brings to Elio and Navi Zachalatov, but I guess it means that it's, if Elio and Navi is coming, that's what's going to bring Tchias Amazim. So now Rabbi Chazban goes through these things, we're talking about the Kohen Gadol in the... Uh, on Yom Kippur. So Vechila, he finishes, meaning he's very careful. He does it quickly with Rizos. And then the very next word is Mechaper. So you see that when you do something very quickly and diligently, then it cleanses of sin. 
The kids of the days Tahara cleanliness brings a person to purity. So kapara and then Tahara. Tahara kedusha purity brings holiness. It says he's talking about the the carbonos with the blood. So it says v'tiharo v'kedusha. So it talks about uh, first talks about purifying and then making it holy. So we see that the holiness follows the purity. Kedushim of the Anava, holiness brings humility. So after it talks about all the holiness of Hashem, it says that I am the one with the shattered ones, the people of low spirits. So you see that um, eventually it goes to Anava. Humility brings the The result of humility comes to fear of Hashem. Where is the Yerashet coming? It's going to bring uh, Chasid Hashem, uh, the Chasidus. Chasidus mevila de Ruach Hakodesh. A piety brings a person to Ruach Hakodesh. The Sif Azibat Ruachazon the Chasidah. Hashem spoke in a vision to the pious ones, to the Chasidim. Ruach Hakodesh brings the Chasidim. Ruach Hakodesh brings about the Chasidim. The Sif is not the Ruach Bachem Chasidim. I put my spirit in you, and then you will live. So the idea is after Ruach Hakodesh. Then you, um, then you will live. He's going to be the one to come before Tchias Hamesim. Says the Gemara. Any person who is a permanent resident in Eretz Yisrael, he speaks Hebrew. He eats his produce when in a state of tar. He's careful in the laws of Tumah. He says Shema in the morning and the night. Everyone is going to be proclaimed that he is someone who goes to the path of Olam Abba.